Welcome to the One Mic, One Voice show, building the collective conscience, a show that is created to give space where your voice, ideas, and informed opinions can be heard, appreciated, and debated. I am Michael Eric Owens. Yeah, yeah, and put your mother-loving hands in the air right now. Put your hands in the air right now. <laughs> DT is in the building. DT is in the building, I'm man. sorry, Michael. Oh, no, 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 no. no. Yay that's, moment. You know, that's... Uh, that's a, a you know you come with that energy that much needed energy that um, one might one voice show brings to the airwaves and we just want to welcome all our listeners from around the globe tuning in uh, we appreciate um, your support we appreciate your input and we're just trying to keep the conversation alive you know um, our, the title of our show today is this episode one one four one four one fourteen one fourteen. Wow! Yeah, man. Thank we you. Are on the other side. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh man! You we, listeners, man, you are who keeps us going. We couldn't do this uh, one hundred and fourteen times without <laughs> your support and all your your uh, contributions and your 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 discussions and arguments with Mike, not me necessarily. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that stuff is invaluable. So we appreciate the support, no doubt. And our our title of the, today's show is Kanye West hyphen slavery no, no choice. choice, and I'm sure you're aware of um, uh, his comments and his behavior over the past week or so, and, and we want to go into that. But I want to at, at the moment just just kind of deviate uh, not too far because it's in association with with Kanye's new best friend. <laughs> um, the president of the this here United States of America, and and we had that terrible, that terrible shooting at the Waffle House, and James Shaw Jr., who happens to be a black man, um, was able to uh, get the gun away from the gunman, mm-hmm. and the gunman fled. So he was a hero. He saved lives, and we have yet to hear anything not one syllable from president trump are you surprised though well i'm i'm not surprised i shouldn't say i'm surprised but i think it's it's ironic because you 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 when we you know you hear this argument all the time that you know if he a person if someone in the room had to had a gun then they would have saved lives. And, and we've seen even officers in situations, even off, off-duty officers in situations where they were able to uh, disarm a gunman and, and he's classified them as being a hero. Mm-hmm. But here was a gentleman that had no weapon that risked his own life uh, to save the life of others. And we hear nothing. Okay, so um, a 29-year-old man who was being hailed as a hero after he intervened to disarm an active shooter at a Tennessee Waffle House says that he has yet to hear from President Trump or the White House. 
Uh, James Shaw says, you know, I haven't heard anything, but that's not to say he he didn't try to contact me or not. He also says, I know he has a busy agenda, a busy schedule. Maybe he just hasn't got around to me. Maybe my time is coming. It's not for me to judge really what he does. I did what I did, and I didn't really do it for recognition. Absolutely. I mean, nobody would throw themselves in harm's way like that uh, with, with, the, with the forethought of I'm going to be seen as a hero, not knowing the outcome of such actions. So uh, he sounds very humble. Uh, he sounds like uh, he did it uh, for all the right reasons, because of a love of humanity, a love of the other, regardless of their race, their creed, their religion. He put himself in that position to save lives. And I, I just think it is it is in poor taste for um, this president to not acknowledge the heroic efforts of this young black man. I, you know, I, I would even say if, if, if I don't even know if he would have acknowledged this person, even if they were white, because <laughs> it goes against the gun agenda. Right. I mean, it's contradictory to proclaim that we need to make our schools uh, gun free uh, or, or, you know, you can carry a gun no longer. Exactly. No longer a gun free zone. And so armed teachers, as you just mentioned, and all of a sudden here's a guy that defies all of that logic and saves lives. It's um, very, very interesting. Now, uh, today's show again, uh, Kanye West. Slavery, no choice, no choice. And we're going to get deep into that. I'm, I, I'm just going to be honest with you. If you're a Kanye West fan, this might not <laughs> be the show for you, right? Uh, he calls himself a genius, a genius. And um, I want to, for a moment, uh, let's take a listen to um, Kanye, Mr. West, in his own words. It's interesting, you, talk, you use the word visionary there, and it, a lot of our viewers, they ask questions about that term and about the term creative genius, and Sam Thompson, he asked this question where he said, you know, you've called yourself that, and you've kind of equated yourself to all these different people, you know, Da Vinci, Walt Disney, Steve Jobs, Michelangelo, and he's asked, how would you define a genius in that context, but also, why do you feel the need to call yourself that? Because otherwise, I'm called celebrity. I'm called nigger. I'm called rapper. And when they use the word celebrity, nigger, or rapper, it's not in a positive way. <laughs> and all these things, all those words can be used in an extremely positive way. What's up, my nigga? You know, but that's not the way it's used. Mm. So I have to define who I am. You know, all of my aspirations are things that currently only 60-year-old white people do. Mm. So I have to redefine and let people know exactly who I am. And, and it's not letting them know by, you know, wearing a suit or letting them know by wearing a Rolex or letting them know by, you know, bragging about how much money uh, a sponsorship made on top of a rap. It's letting them know by saying, let's start with this. I'm a creative genius. Uh, it, you know, this, this is what shocks me most about his words mm -hmm. is that the people he named off. Um, Steve Jobs and the others, and um, Walt Disney. Walt Disney. I don't know if they would actually 
identify themselves as geniuses. Right? Yeah, and I think it's that that arrogant part of it from him that is uh, kind of hard to swallow, you know, because it's the self-proclaiming. It's the self-proclaiming. Of, of genius. I mean, and musically, <laughs> I mean, what he's done in music uh, and art uh, creatively, we could say these are... We would say it is good. It we is would say good. it... We, we might even say it is great, but... If you line him up with other artists, is he a genius, right? Line him up with Prince. Line him up with Michael Jackson. Line him up with people like Elvis Presley that has, artists, David Bowie, artists that have like changed the direction of music and how we listen and, and what type of music is being played, the blending of musical styles and this. So so would we would we call him a genius? Maybe, maybe I, I in think, isolation. I think his cry is that he feels marginalized. And based off him being black, based off him being a rapper, uh, he's placed in this box because that's all they expect him to do when he has other things to offer, other ideas, other uh, means of contributing to the world. Everybody's placed in a box. I mean, that's, that's the challenge. I, I applaud his, 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 his desire to identify himself, as he says, right, redefining who he is. You know, that's a big thing for me, identity. I wrote a book on it. It's a huge thing for me. But his hubris, and as we go to this break, his hubris okay for for this grandiose way of looking at this i am a where do you go from there you say i am a genius i mean i i don't think he truly understands the i guess the essence of the word genius right has a lot um, of weight it has a lot of weight lot i mean weight. It, where do you go from there but folks we we are um we're going to, uh, and, and Eliza says, I don't understand why he said the things he's accomplished is usually done by 60-year-old white folks. <laughs> there have been many African-Americans who have done much more. And, 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 I, and th that's so true. And when I, when I think about that and I think about who he idolizes and who he's reaching to and who he's trying to, who, who he has made symbolic for a reference to his own identity, makes me wonder even more if if this idea of genius um, is a fallacy in his own thinking. But, folks, listen, we are going to take a break. We're going to take a break, D. Cause for the cause. We're going to take a break because we got to pay some bills. So, folks, listen, hang in there. We will be right back. Oklahoma Humanities Brain Box podcast uses the humanities to take listeners on a deep dive into the issues affecting American society and culture. Join some of Oklahoma's most interesting and knowledgeable humanities scholars to explore how history, literature, ethics, philosophy, and other humanities fields inform our understanding of current events and the human experience. And to find the Brain Box podcast, simply search Brain Box podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, and any other podcasting library. If you have any ideas or comments rattling around in your noggin, email us at brainbox at okhumanities.org. This is Dr. Laura Gillette. 
And when I listen to podcasts, I always listen to the One Mic, One Voice show. All right. We back. All hey, right. hey, hey, hey. Hey. All right, I'm not kind. <laughs> <You're> not, not. <laughs> <laughs> but let let's let's go back to um and and, and 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 we're making our way down to the subject matter of uh slavery being a choice. But sometimes you have to build a case, right? Just like the you know, the prosecutor. Yeah. <laughs> First 48. <laughs> right. <laughs> you got to build a case before you you get down to the accusation. And that's what we're doing right now. Kanye West wearing the Make America Great Again hat. Why does that matter? Okay. Um, you know. Donald Trump gave a speech this past uh, week at a rally, I believe it was in Texas, in front of the NRA crowd. And um, Mr. Trump said, I doubled my African-American poll numbers. We went from 11% to 22%. He's loving it. In one week. Thank you, America. No, he didn't say that. Thank you, black people. No, he, he didn't say that. Thank you, Kanye. Okay, doing this speech. So, whether, whether you want to accept it in your reality or not, let me say this. Kanye has people listening to him. Right, we're going to get into his numbers a little later on of how many are following him. But because of his musical talent, his greatness, beats and rhymes, and doing all the magical things he does, even beyond the meltdowns, he has people following him. Mm -hmm. I've even heard um, people come out to defend him. Okay. Um, but think about the magnitude of this statement. And, and again, you can't believe anything that comes out of Donald Trump's mouth. Let's just be, be honest. So, so if, it, if, it, if it's, you know, and, and I tried to go look at the polls, and, and, and I, so I, I didn't see the, the correct evidence. But this idea that um, calling slavery a choice, basically saying black people are in this situation because of, because of them. Not because of the atrocities that have been waged against them, but because of them. Um, I'm sure a lot of people like to hear that, D. I'm, I'm here that the white nationalistic movement, <laughs> the neo-Nazi movement, the Jews will not replace us movement. Um, I think they'd love to hear that blacks are in the position because they choose to be in that position. Your thoughts? I mean, I think you spoke to this earlier about, you know, Kanye not being uh, or having no knowledge of this, this concept of slavery, uh, even even though uh, in his earlier raps, 
he had hinted toward having an understanding of the oppression that blacks face in in this country as a result of slavery and other things. But uh, and the, the brother don't read books, man. Yeah, yeah, we're going to get into that. Yeah, he, he, he don't read books. Okay. So early on in his career, he seemed to possess some understanding of the legacy of slavery in the Americas. Yeah, and I think that's why a lot of people were gravitating towards Kaye in his earlier career because he spoke for the people. Mm. Uh, he had a voice for the people. And I think even now that he's put on his hat, it's such a shame and such a uh, hurtful thing for people to see that because, you know, they believed in Kanye. Mm. They wanted Kanye to be the voice of the people. And now we don't really understand where Kanye's going. We don't understand who he's becoming. Well, he doesn't understand where he's going. Let me, let me, let me say this. Um, when was America great? I mean, I, 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 again, I, we, we, we've, we've tried to address this, but I just, just go back for a moment. When what, a black man that has a hat on that says, make America great again. When was America great? Black man perspective. Uh, we can jump in the time machine, Mike. I mean, we could get in in that capsule and go back in time in any point in American history and not find a great <laughs> spot <laughs> for the black man. Like, I mean, when? You know, was it uh, when we finally got our freedom in 1863? You know, free to walk, uh, walk about. Juneteenth, 1865, right? But, you know, uh, where, where a... Um, you know, white people could get mad at you and pretty much do anything to you with no consequences. Um, it, you know, when we couldn't vote or when we couldn't, like, go in the front of the restaurant, when we couldn't drink at the same fountain. I mean, was it 100 uh, years later in the 1960s when we were being hosed down and uh, attacked by dogs and Jim Crow? And, I mean, so, so I, I'm waiting for something. Is it now? In okay. 2018, well, we're being murdered in the streets. Absolutely. Man. Absolutely. So so I'm waiting for someone, and maybe one of our listeners can help us out. Because I, I, I really want to know this. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I am pleading ignorance in this situation because I don't know. I, if I could find a moment in time when America was great. See, a... And, and then this is a criticism. People will say, well, you're saying that our country is not a great country. <laughs> That's not what I said. What I'm saying is point to me a time when America was great for everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Elijah said he has done he has done his research on Trump's racist background. It reminds me of Rodman and the South Korean leader Kim Jong-un. Our pals. Now, right? Kanye did come out and say, you know, he doesn't support white supremacy. He doesn't support the things that Trump necessarily uh, stands for. And he was then challenged by T.I. at the time, who was he was in conversation with about, okay, so what is it that you do agree with? And you know, he said it was the fact that you know Trump pretty much did something that was um, unthinkable. He was able to accomplish, um, you know, something that was not. Um, 
heard of, you know, this person not being politically sound, not being a true representation of what a traditional political leader was, he broke the mold. And, and to him, being somebody groundbreaking is what gravitated him toward Trump. Hitler was groundbreaking. <laughs> he broke the mold. He did something nobody else was able to do. Okay? I mean, it, it, again, um, if, if, if you say to me, I do not support white nationalist ideology, but you wear a hat that says make America great again, you go on and you espouse your love for an individual that has been derogatory toward black people, which has said that your inner cities are tore up. You can't walk out your house without being shot. That says rapists and murderers are Mexicans. I mean, we could go on that has that has been so disrespectful, made fun of a disabled person, said I could grab women by the pussy. I mean, when, when, when you when you when you say that that you love this person. Don't you love everything that comes along with this person? I mean, you can't pick and choose. Well, I love this about this person, but that over there, that's 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 okay. That's what the a lot of Republicans are doing. We hate his 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 moral stands on things, but look at the job, you know, uh, unemployment rate. Look at the regulations that he's killing. You know, we we support that. To to me, you get you're you're in a dangerous area. When you start picking and choosing about individuals, about what you like and what you don't like, when it comes to morality and especially political policy, mm-hmm. right? Folks, we're we, we going to take another break. But let me tell you, we, we, we're going to get into uh, Mr. West's words, and then we're going to break it down because, um, like I said, He's got a lot of people following him, D. They follow him. And listen, the blind leading the blind. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) This ain't the right time for the blind to be leading the blind. Eyes open, aware, seeing. Folks, taking a break. We'll be right back. This is DT of the One Mic, One Voice podcast. just want to let you guys know you can go to iTunes and search us at One Mic, One Voice and be sure to rate and review our episodes. Let us know about any feedback that you have and what you enjoy about the episodes. Also, you can go over to Stitcher where you can get the latest and freshest episodes of our podcast streamed directly to your smartphone or iPad. No downloading or syncing. How cool. Real smooth. Also, we'd just like to take the time to thank you for your time and for your energy and for spending time with us as we discuss the historical record of our time. This is Koresh Ali, Lansana, poet, author, educator, and Oklahoma. And when I listen to podcasts, I'm on that one mic, one voice joint. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back. Dealing with Kanye West. Wake up, Mr. West. 
to some of you, to some of you, he's a genius. To some of you, he's done groundbreaking things. He spoke to, to the people, to masses of people. He considers himself a genius. To some of you, he's a fool. But what we do know is what Kanye tells us. And D, he says he does not read. All right, this is in, in Kanye's words. I uh, says, sometimes people write novels and they just be so wordy and so self-absorbed. I'm not a fan of books. I would never want a book's autograph. I am a proud non-reader of books. Kanye West, ladies and gentlemen. I, I remember being in the library one day. and um, You go to the library? <laughs> Wow. And this young lady was, uh, she must have been in high school, and she had a fine to pay, and she was saying that it wasn't her fine if she did not check that book out. And, and I asked the question, I said, so how do you know you didn't check that book out? She said, because I don't read. Hmm. I said, don't tell anybody that. That's it. That, that is one of the most disheartening things. How can you live in a society where information, information is not only knowledge, but it is power. How can you discover who you are? How you fit into a given society? The definition of identity is that, finding out who you are and how you fit into a given society or a group of people if you don't read. The number one thing they tried to do when you talk mm. about slavery mm. was to prevent you from reading and being educated because what they knew is that power would set you free. But he says here, and he calls the writer, the author, self-absorbed, but you call yourself a genius? Yeah, it's kind of contradictory, <laughs> right? I'm the greatest, right? At least Ali could go say that and go out there and whoop your ass. You know what I mean? You could argue with that, right? But this man right here, he's a he he's not just a non reader. Proud. Proud. Non reader of books. You know, I I have issue with that too, you know, just as a person, you know, uh, you know, books are some of the greatest things that ever happened to me. Uh just like you said, kind of being able to self-explore and learn from other people and take a journey uh, along the, the the life of other people who have done things that you're interested in. It's like we have so much to learn from from books, from others. Um, I mean, obviously, Kanye is, is getting everything he needs from, you know, experiential learning or uh, he lives in a fantasy world. He's a black man with a lot of money that's married into money. That that is a fantasy. It's not a reality for black people in this country. It is it is devoid of the black experience. And what I'm not saying is that you need to be broke, busted, and disgusted to, to know the black experience. But you le you need to read if you are not living the black experience. The only thing that opened up my eyes as a child, living in the inner city was reading about something beyond me, mm -hmm. beyond my environment, right? Uh, being educated, being among the learned. Um, this, this guy is proud. I don't read. But, but see, and, and, and this, this is where I take issue. If you are proud that you don't read, 
and you acknowledge that you know nothing, shut the hell up. I had, I had I don't have a problem with that. But do not come out and, and want to be known as an expert subject matter mm-hmm. and speaking to things that you have no knowledge of. That's the problem here. Kanye is speaking to something that he has no knowledge of, right? Even when he talks about we're in prison in the mind, you don't read. You don't feed your mind. Your mind is empty. Your mind may have beats in it. It may have rhymes in it, but it has no knowledge in it. Mike, would you argue that there is a, um, that in the genius gene and the genius quality, that there's an element of reading that's important to those type of people? Oh, I would uh, (laughs) Well, the, the people he named off, yeah, okay, especially those people, okay, w- would not say they don't. They're proud non-readers. You think Shakespeare is a <laughs> person that didn't read? That's one of his idols, right? Uh, Walt Disney, Steve, Steve Jobs, Jobs <laughs> Google. Oh, I don't. I I think they they read probably a lot, right? Um, Elijah Gann said, "While I am not an African American, I still could not ignore his racist belief and action." Uh, Mr. West should be working on getting Mr. West should be working on getting rich white races as Trump to help minorities to obtain jobs, etc. Using his platform Mm -hmm. to change the trajectory of uh, the condition of many of black people in this country. Instead, Mr. West says he doesn't read. But let's listen to what happened. Let's, let's let's take a look. Let's 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 get down to the as as we say the nitty gritty of our conversation. People necessarily understand what happened last week with the Great America uh, Make, yeah, America, Make America Great, Great Again hat. What are you trying to do with the message you're sending? Well, it was really just my subconscious. It was a feeling I had. You know, like people were taught how to think. We're taught how to feel. We don't know how to think for ourselves. We don't know how to feel for ourselves. People say feel free, but they don't really want us to feel free. And uh, I felt a freedom in, first of all, just doing something that everybody tells you not to do. I just love Trump. That's my boy. Like, uh, you know, it's like so many rappers, you'll look at a video of Snoop Dogg loving Trump, but then he get in the office and I don't love him. Like, Trump is one of rap's favorite people, no, right? But we, we, we talk about <laughs> yeah. this, that before he was yeah. elected president, people yeah. in hip-hop, they, it, was, it was an in thing to put Donald Trump yeah. in your rhyme somewhere. Yeah. And by the way, right. I am in hip-hop, but I'm not just in hip-hop. I'm a black person, a black community, but I'm not just that. I feel like one thing is people try to minimize me to artists, hip-hop, uh, black community. Yeah, I'm always going to represent that, but I also represent the world. When you hear about slavery for 400 years, for 400 years, that sounds like a choice. <laughs> like, you was there for 400 years and it's all of y'all? You know, like, it's like we're, we're mentally in prison. I like the word prison because slavery goes too too direct to the uh, idea of blacks. It's like slavery, Holocaust, Holocaust Jews, uh, slavery is blacks. So prison is something that unites us as one race, blacks and whites being one race, uh, that we're one, we're, we're the human race. Do you feel that I'm feeling, do, do you feel that I'm being free and I'm thinking free? I, I, actually, I actually don't think you're thinking anything. I think what you're doing right now is actually the absence of thought. And the reason why I feel like that it's because, because Kanye, Kanye, you're entitled to your opinion. You're entitled to believe whatever you want. But there is fact 
and real world, real life consequence behind everything that you just said. And while you are making music and being an artist and living the life that you've earned by being a genius, the rest of us in society have to deal with these threats to our lives. We have to deal with the marginalization that has come from the 400 years of slavery that you said for our people was a choice. Frankly, I'm disappointed, I'm appalled, and brother, I am unbelievably hurt by the fact that you have morphed into something, to me, that's not real. Bro, you gotta be responsible, man. Bro, I'm sorry you I gotta, hurt you. You gotta be responsible. No, I'm sorry I hurt you, bro. Wow. Wow. So so this is the controversy, <coughs> right? Let's TMZ, um, this interview, if, you, if you're a Patreon customer, you would have seen it with us. Please go to patreon.com slash one mic, one voice, and um, become a member there. Get uh, all the vaccine uh, back vaccine uh, information and uh, hang out with us. But here is here is here is a uh, to to most of you in audio where uh, Mr. West um, the 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 height of his uh, I could say intellectual capability <laughs> says that slavery was a choice. I mean. It, to, to some people, this might, like, not outrage you. But to those of us who live under the umbrella of the atrocities of slavery, mm -hmm. man, if I could have reached through the, the TV and just snatched his throat out, mm -hmm. do you understand the disrespect and the pain that you have caused millions of black people to say that this is a choice to be a slave? What? Wait, what? And go ahead, bro. <laughs> okay, let me get to one thing first. You know, he also mentioned in this clip that you know, who of you thinks that I'm thinking freely? Mm. And there's a big, big difference between free thinking mm. and what we deal with with children is impulsivity. Yeah. Right. And that's the inability to, you know, control your actions, control your behavior. Yeah. Uh, tendency to go out on a whim, uh, no forethought or reflection or consideration of the consequences. All the box are checked. And so, you know, this kind of uh, fundamental issue he has with, and this is not the first time Kanye has had one of these conundrums, uh, these outbursts, mm. right? Uh, and so even in us knowing when what it's like when Kanye has the opportunity and the platform to speak his mind, to free think, there's no telling what may come out of his mouth. Um, we've seen him blow up on um, Sway in the Morning. Mm -hmm. You ain't got that ass of Sway. <laughs> you know, he, he man went off on Sway. Like, it was ridiculous, yeah. you know. And Taylor Swift, mm -hmm. interruption at the at the mm -hmm. war show. Mm -hmm. Um in the in the um, the fundraiser, national fundraiser on live television. George Bush don't like black people. Exactly. <laughs> and so, if that's his concept of free thinking, mm -hmm. then I mean that impulsivity need to be checked at the door because that's one of his fundamental issues of just not having the ability to refrain from saying whatever's on his mind and not having that skill to know that that's not always 
uh, the best way you do things. And, you know, I, I that's a great point that you bring out. A matter of fact, you bring out several great points in that. And I, um, it's, it's the, the lack of filter. And if I would have more compassion for Mr. West if we were doing a show on, on, um, on the mental disabilities and he was a subject matter for us. I would have more passion for him. But he says he's a free thinker. Mm-hmm. He says he's a genius. See, all of these things, and he goes in here, he says, um, he takes pleasure, and that's my words, in doing something that everybody else tells you not to do. Mm-hmm. Listen, when, when everybody else tells you not to do something, <laughs> a wise man listens. A fool does not. How do you... There is wisdom in the multitude of counsel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of people, I'm doing what a lot of people say you shouldn't do. Dude, you, 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 that's, that, that is a fool. Then he goes on to say, and this is another one of these things that, and, and I guess what I'm trying to do is to make an argument for the hubris of how he looks at himself, that pride in himself, the way he deceives himself into thinking he is something when he is nothing, right? The good book says he who thinks he is something and is nothing deceives himself. And so he says, furthermore, he's not only a genius, right? He says that he represents the world. There are, get this, D, there are 7.7 billion people in the world. There are approximately 325 million people in the U.S., okay? 50.8% of, of that population in the U.S. are women. And, and the rest is, is, is of course, is, is men or children or male female right so so what you're saying to me is that you represent on the let's just say the macro level 7.7 billion people it's pretty hard to do (laughs) have have you ever like thought to yourself that you represent the world never never (laughs) i mean as a as a representation of life maybe uh, the fact that I'm a human being, I represent some portion of what the rest of the world is. But, man, I can only really focus on me at a time. You know? And within, with 7.7 billion people, you are a speck. A speck. Mm-hmm. I'm a speck. Mm-hmm. There are, and you know this for yourself, you're a world traveler. There are cultures that don't even know you, <laughs> Mr. West. <laughs> But you represent those people, and you represent 325 million people in America. Again, I'm pointing to the very, the very fact that this guy is delusional about who he is and what he is. And my conclusion would be stop calling him a genius. Stop feeding into that, um, that department. He's not... A genius. Um, he's a troubled individual. Matter of fact, he believes that 
looking at slavery not as it is, but looking at the prison of the mind unites us. And then going back to that slavery point, you know, uh, I mean, I look at this argument as no different from people who say slavery was a long time ago mm. and that slavery doesn't have anything to do with me. And you ask the people, okay, well, um, mm. what language do you speak? Yeah. You know, none of us have shaken the effects that slavery had on us, uh, past or present. Uh, look at the clothes we wear. Look at the, the, the ways we use to explain who we are and what we're about and what we do and what we learn. And all of that is, has been a, as a result of those 400 years ago that still play out in our everyday lives. And that's a show in itself, the ramifications of the slave system. Folks, we're going to take a break. No, 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 no. Hold on a second. Before we do that, let's, 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 because America didn't just have slavery, they had chattel slavery. Let's take a listen to what this system was. Let's, let's take a listen to what Kanye West says was a choice, what the system was all about. Slavery is a system of forced labor that has existed throughout the world for thousands of years. In America, slavery began in the 17th century when people in Africa were overpowered and forced to leave their native land, their culture, and their families behind. Europeans uh, and others did not simply march into Africa and just take people off. I mean, there were battles, there were wars that were, were lost, you know, by the British, by the French, by the Portuguese, as well as those which were won. You had um, males and females leading forces against the enslavers. Europeans responded by coercing one tribe to enslave another, threatening to arm their enemies with terrifying new weapons if they did not cooperate. These tribal slave traders selected strong, healthy males and females between the ages of 18 and 35, although children were often captured as well. The African captives were chained together at the ankle or wrist or linked at the neck by a wooden yoke. Once bound, the captives embarked on a grueling march, sometimes as long as 600 miles to the coast where European ships awaited them. Many perished from the rigors of the trip. Others resisted their captors and were killed. The Atlantic crossing took from four to eight weeks. Men, women, and children were crowded into tightly packed quarters. The ordeal was so demoralizing that the Africans often sank into a deep depression. Some chose death rather than to endure the degradation. 
they attempted to escape on, on ships uh, by simply, if the opportunity offered itself by, uh, by leaping off and uh, drowning or, or whatever. Uh, once they were bound by the uh, continental uh, United States, uh, the um, protest took the form more of insurrection. The first slaves in the American colonies, a cargo of about 20 Africans, arrived at Jamestown, Virginia in 1619. The number of enslaved Africans increased steadily each year. By 1763, the colonial population included an estimated 230,000 Africans, most of them slaves in the South. A slave was someone who could be forced to work from the age of eight, six, four even, long hours at tasks that someone else decided. A slave was a person who had no right to a vacation. A slave was a person who had no rights to wages. A slave could have no property. A slaves could not marry. By the late 18th century, the textile industry had entered a period of rapid development in both England and in the northern United States. This growth created a tremendous demand for southern cotton. In 1793, Eli Whitney developed the cotton gin, a machine that cleaned cotton five times faster than manual methods. As a result, more slaves were needed to pick and haul the cotton. By 1860, there would be four million African slaves in the United States. This enormous population of slaves was owned by a small group of the wealthiest and most powerful whites in American society. As African slaves toiled in the fields, laws were created to enforce their low status. They were prohibited from participating in lawsuits, from owning property or firearms, and from possessing alcohol. Most states did not recognize slave marriages and often prohibited slaves from learning to read and write. The treatment slaves received from their masters varied tremendously. Some owners were brutal sadists who worked their slaves mercilessly and threatened them with corporal discipline so painful that it amounted to torture. And if you were ordered to do a task that you knew would be dangerous to you, you had to do it. So even though it's tempting to put poverty and slavery together, they were very different and the difference is that enslaved workers had no rights. A slave had no protection from this mistreatment because the law considered a slave another man's property, not a human being. When a slave suffered a whipping, he could neither fight back nor take his master to court. Slaves developed an independent culture unknown to their masters they spun fantastic spoken narratives that passed from one generation to the next. These folk tales expressed the enslaved Africans' aspirations for a better life. Many slaves found strength to endure oppression through their religion, which blended Christianity with African beliefs. Spirituality was a strong force in the life of the slave. Slaves could turn to God 
with all of their problems. Slaves could ask God to either relieve them of the burden of a brutal slave master or to free them from the day-to-day -day struggle in their lives. At the core of slave society was the family. Slave families suffered when one member was sold to another plantation. Owners usually kept women and children together, selling off the father and sons. On the well-established plantations, black families had a better chance of remaining intact, some enduring for three or four generations. Although religion, folk tales, and family life softened the horrors of slavery, they did not lessen the humiliating aspects of servitude. Slaves sought more direct means of resisting their bondage through violent rebellion or subtle and covert acts of resistance. You found people who were enslaved that resisted by working very slowly, pretending that they didn't know how to do something, accidentally breaking equipment, um, just, just slowing down the process, not happily go lucky going along with everything. These were all forms of resistance. Wherever there were Africans in the Western Hemisphere, there were slave revolts. Haiti's Toussaint Louverture helped rid the island of European domination by organizing his people into a standing army of several thousand troops. The best-known slave revolt in U.S. history occurred in 1831 in Southampton, Virginia. It was led by a plantation headman named Nat Turner, who rose up in revolt with other slaves and killed the plantation owner and his family. The rampage was halted when local militia crushed the rebellion, capturing and executing Turner. Many men and women known as abolitionists worked unceasingly to end slavery. They viewed slavery as immoral and unchristian and could not comprehend how Americans, steeped in the tenets of the Declaration of Independence, could sanction the enslavement of human beings. Many former slaves, like Sojourner Truth, supported the abolitionist movement. She traveled widely, speaking for both racial and gender causes. Sojourner Truth, using her very strong religious beliefs, uh, felt this need, this urge to travel the country, uh, delivering her message of, um, of upliftment uh, for black people, and ultimately did become someone who was involved in many other activities, including the abolitionist movement, including the women's movement. The abolitionist movement attracted members of both races, including... Wow. Okay. Uh, a lot to unpack. A lot to unpack. Remember, slavery is a choice. Folks, what we're going to do, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to unpack this. And we're going to move toward our conclusion. Hang in there. We're almost done. It's almost finished. But we ain't done with you yet, Mr. West. <laughs> Wake up, Mr. West. <laughs> Wake up, Mr. Wake West. Up, Mr. I like West. that. Wake up, Mr. West. Folks, we'll be right back.
This is Elijah Bailey. This is Richard Taflin. From the Elijah Bailey Show, bringing you all the content that you could ever desire about anime, manga, comic books, martial arts, fitness, and more. You can find us at Elijah Bailey Show on the official Facebook page and also Elijah Bailey Show without the W on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure to follow, subscribe, like, comment, and rate on iTunes and Podbean. This is Dr. Paul Ketchum, and I fully support One Mic, One Voice, and I recommend you do the same. Choice, a choice, a choice, a choice, choice. no choice. You can work as early as age four. Mm. Property, owned, you were owned, forced, ordered, no wages. You couldn't marry, couldn't have a firearm, couldn't even drink alcohol. Couldn't even have a little bit of drank at the end of a long couldn't, day exactly coming out to cotton field couldn't even have bourbon couldn't have nothing right um as much as four million people no protection whatsoever forbidden to read or write no rights as you can see in the insurrections in the um slave rebellions yeah according to mr west all those people and they did nothing. This is what happens when you don't read. This is what happens when you don't have an education. This is what happens when you don't even go discover your own history. I mean, I didn't have to learn about that in school. Glad I did. I didn't have to. I had a desire to know who I was. I desired to, to know what my people came through. Right. My own desire, my own need to discover those truths about myself and about those who look like me. A choice, he says, Nat Turner. <laughs> Resistance. What did, yeah. What did he do? Did he choose to sit down? Did he do nothing? Mr. West, as you say, wake up, Mr. West. Did he do nothing? It's ridiculous. Slaves resisted. They resisted in every form possible. Escaped at any opportunity. Jumped off the ships if they had to. You know, it's rather it's, drown. Man. man. You know, it's funny. I think that um, he even made the correlation between the Jews being associated with the Holocaust. And where do you get that information if you hadn't read a book before? Man, he's <laughs> on the internet. You know, he's. He, you know, I mean, you might think he. He knows the depths of that statement, but he could have heard that from popular culture. You see, I just don't think the brother has any depth of knowledge to himself. Now, people will say, um, don't tear the brother down. He's a brother. Don't. But, but, but when a white man says something about somebody black, oh, man, go get him, Mike. Okay, tame <laughs> up, Mike. 
Okay. Sick him. You know, get on him. Bite him. <laughs> <laughs> but if the brother man do it, I'm. We, yeah, you got to be lenient. Yeah, yeah. We supposed understand. to overload. Oh, no, he's no, no, no. He he is ignorant and foolish, and his and words matter, folks. Let me tell you, something. Kanye West has twenty eight million followers. He only lost a few. We got some notes down here that talks about how it dropped down to 27.9 million. I mean, he's not like Beyonce. Beyonce's got 110 million. Okay. But 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 he he's got roughly 28 million people following him, listening to every word that comes out of his mouth. Donald Trump himself says his ratings doubled because of Make America Great hat and slavery's was a choice, right? Actually, uh, Kanye's Twitter following has gone up since our last uh, check-in. He's at twenty-eight point two. See, he's he's up now. Why? I'm sure. You know, there are people that appreciated what he said. As ironic as that statement. Sales. As ironic as that statement is, there are people that appreciate it, and 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 now they can justify they re, their racist modern beliefs because of the fact that blacks are in the position they want to be. Because number one, slavery was a choice, but number two, mental prison is a choice. I can infer that. Eliza said, "Since when?" Is being snatched out of your bed and away from your family a choice? Not a choice. Never a choice. Right? But Kanye seems to think it's a choice. We, we, we got this. We're we going to close out. But this, this, John Brown was an abolitionist. Okay, He was white. And he felt that slavery was wrong. This idea that Mr. West has that nothing was ever done by black people. Well, it was not only done by black people, but white people tried to end the atrocities of slavery. Take a listen. Harper's Ferry in West Virginia is a quaint town with tourist shops, restaurants, and a national historic park. Many of the buildings have been standing for more than 150 years. But Harbors Ferry was different in 1859, says park ranger David Fox. It was a noisy, dirty, polluted, industrial city in what was then Virginia, the largest slave state in America. It was also home to one of only two weapons factories, or armories, in the United States. John Brown, a fervent abolitionist, planned to seize it. Late on October 16th, Brown and his men marched into Harper's Ferry. Their intention was to set up a provisional government for the United States where slavery would be outlawed, and no matter of gender or race, everyone would vote, they would be treated equally. Brown seized the armory, the arms depot, and a railroad bridge. Eighteen people lost their lives. After 36 hours, Brown was captured in this building, the Armory Firehouse. 
It's the only armory building still standing. To some people, this building is the scene of a crime where a murderer and a traitor was captured and brought to justice. To others, this monument is nothing less than a monument to freedom on a battlefield. John Brown was tried and found guilty of treason and murder. He was executed on December 2nd, 1859. The events were closely followed in local newspapers. It was very well covered. And one of the interesting things about studying John Brown is that it seems like everybody in the Western world had something to say about him. Historian William Rasmussen is curator of The Portent, John Brown's Raid in American Memory at the Virginia Historical Society in Richmond. He says even French intellectuals weighed in on John Brown. Victor Hugo, uh, who was greatly respected around the world, saying when we think that this fighter for Christ is going to be executed by the American Republic, we, we recoil with horror. The exhibit shows how African Americans kept the story of John Brown's raid alive. In the 1970s, African American artist Jacob Lawrence did a series of prints called The Legend of John Brown. The prints perpetuate the image of Brown as a martyr. Spencer Crew, a professor of American history at George Mason University, says John Brown stands apart from other abolitionists. He is one of the only people we can think of who made such a level of sacrifice for one trying to end slavery, but also on behalf of helping slaves uh, try to gain their freedoms. Although Brown is remembered for his willingness to give his life so others might be free, he was also willing to kill for that cause. Some believe his execution was justified. A large segment of the population thinks he was a lunatic and a criminal. In Harper's Ferry, the issue still seems relevant. Park Ranger David Fox. When is it right to use violence? As one biographer put it, how far can force and violence go toward peace and goodwill? Those questions are still being asked here in Harper's Ferry and around the world. Susan Logue, VOA News, Harper's Ferry, West Virginia. Wow. Not only did black people, but white folks stepped up and tried to end the atrocities Mm -hmm. of this so-called choice that Mr. West talks about. And I like the... uh, the history that this video gives about John Brown's actions leading up to the Civil War um, and that being a kind of staple in how that all came about. Uh, you know, there was this term that I heard growing up. So I'll be John Brown. <laughs> you ever heard that before? Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. Sir. And so, you know, this this uh, this was this phrase was taken uh, from this man's story. You know, obviously it has some little negative connotation to it. But uh, now you know. Mm. I'll be John Brown. I'll be John Brown. All right, folks. We chose to be owned, brutalized, raped, dehumanized. Did we choose to be sold, uneducated, given second-class citizenship? We chose convict leasing, Jim Crowism. And now mass incarceration we chose? No, Mr. West. History will speak of you. Somewhere in the distant future, a scribe will reach down deep into the archives of our time. And what will she find? Will she discover that you overcame your ignorance? Will she find that by reading, you found the truth 
or will she find that calling yourself a genius was your greatest downfall? Yes, history will speak of you. Studios. To learn more about Blacking Studios, please visit them at blackenstudios.com or visit them on their Facebook page, Blackened Studios. Today's broadcast is also being brought to you by Perry Publishing and Broadcasting. To learn more about Perry Publishing and Broadcasting, please visit their website at perrypublishingandbroadcasting.net. The opinions of the One Might One Voice show do not reflect the views of Blackened Studios or Perry Publishing and Broadcasting. Thank you for downloading the One Mic, One Voice show. This is Richard Taplin, host of Blackest Studios, The Black Box.